Welcome to the Public Health Trends in 2021 and Beyond, What a Difference a Pandemic Makes podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. Traditionally, when people think of the national critical infrastructure, they think of the power grid, the nuclear arsenal, communications networks, and other physical structures that are fundamental to our society's daily function. But one aspect of the national critical infrastructure that was often overlooked until March 2020 was healthcare and public health. While healthcare and public health are part of CIS's 16 critical infrastructure sectors, it wasn't until the nation was paralyzed by the COVID-19 pandemic that the security of our public health and healthcare environments became a focus for security. So how has telehealth and vaccine supply chain impacted security over the past year? In the third podcast in this series titled Securing American Healthcare, an Essential Part of National Critical Infrastructure, we're speaking with Kathy Lester, who's the Managing Partner for Business Development for Healthcare at Verizon, and Greg Garcia, Executive Director of Cybersecurity for the Health Sector Coordinating Council, and they both will be discussing this topic with us further today. And Kathy and Greg, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. As am I. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's jump right in. So over the past year, the need for healthcare has certainly changed immensely. Of course, this means big changes for doctors and nurses, but it also means technology changes. So how does the security and functionality of technology keep health systems running today? And we'll start with Greg. All right. Well, yeah, we are in a digital revolution in healthcare, I would say. We are becoming more and more connected from medical devices to wearable devices like glucose monitors to you know very sophisticated imaging machines in hospitals that are connected over a hospital network and transmitting images so we're looking at healthcare becoming increasingly interconnected with software and the more that we use these digital health technologies, the better healthcare is going to be by convenience and cost savings, by the accuracy of diagnosis, etc. But at the same time, because you have this massive increase in connectivity between the doctor and the patient and the networks and the hospitals across to other stakeholders in the healthcare system, you are increasing the attack surface. The broader the attack surface, the more vulnerabilities there are that have to be patched, the more that you have to segment critical device servers from the hospital network. So it's an increasingly complex environment, one that's yielding better healthcare outcomes, but one that also needs to be monitored very carefully for security vulnerabilities. Great. Thanks, Greg. Kathy, we'll pass the baton over to you. Thank you. And I would say that I love the idea that we are in a digital health revolution. And I think Greg is spot on. So oftentimes before the pandemic hit, we would think of telehealth or virtual care in a very tight box. We would think of it as acute episodic care. What we're seeing today is the expansion of virtual care hitting every aspect of the care continuum. We're seeing it in behavioral health, We're seeing it in home rehab and prehab. We're seeing everything shift dynamically from the hospital as being, or the doctor's office as being the primary care location where services are delivered to being care anywhere. And when I'm the digital front door or I'm the care recipient, you have to take into account all those elements, patching, segmentation, management, 
security and privacy to make sure that we balance out care convenience with care integrity. That's excellent. I appreciate that rundown there. And you talk about this technology revolution happening right now. Without many of these vital new technologies, healthcare systems can essentially face data loss and even loss of life. And Greg, would love for you to tell us about your role and how your team is working to solve some of these issues. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned at the outset, Matt, healthcare is a critical infrastructure, just as is the electricity sector or financial services or water, telecommunications, transportation. These are all the types of assets and services that the public, the nation depends upon. And the Sector Coordinating Council, the Healthcare Sector Coordinating Council, is a collaborative group of industry stakeholders across the healthcare system. That includes the direct patient care to medical devices, pharmaceuticals, labs and blood, health IT, plans and payers, public health. We all work together under a national policy framework where there are 17 sector coordinating councils for critical infrastructure. And each one is primarily managed, owned and operated by the private sector. So it's up to us to organize ourselves around identifying and mitigating systemic threats, threats and vulnerabilities that affect our ability to deliver those critical assets and services to the public. Whether they are natural threats like, oh, a pandemic or flooding from hurricanes, or whether they are man-made threats like cyber attack. And what we recognize is particularly for cybersecurity, many of those cybersecurity threats are systemic, meaning they cross over, they affect all subsectors equally, but sometimes in different degrees. So it's essential for us as the cybersecurity working group of the sector coordinating council to work on those issues that are cross-cutting because we have to understand that because cybersecurity is a shared challenge, it's therefore a shared responsibility. And you can only really appreciate the shared responsibility when you get the different subsectors together who have different business models, in some cases, different regulatory regimes, and understanding what the pain points are and how we need to better bridge those differences so that we can be more unified and coherent in our collective cybersecurity strategy. And ultimately for healthcare, the mantra that we use is that you really can't have patient safety without cyber safety. All right, great. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate your insights on your background there and your role in addressing these challenges. And Kathy, once again, would love your take. Absolutely. And I'm sitting in a dual role today. So I also am part of the Health and Public Health Sector Coordinating Council, sitting as a co-chair since 2020. So right before the pandemic hit. So it was really a, it's been an eventful and fruitful year. And what I would tell you that sitting with that cross group, that cross consortium. So it's like, it's amazing to see what can happen when we collaborate across the spectrum of care and cyber underpins all of these elements. In my role at Verizon, I also have an opportunity to sit with some of the biggest brands in healthcare across the spectrum to really identify how not only to deliver care, but to balance that against privacy, security, and cyber hygiene and safety. So I get to sit at a dual role, seeing what's happening on the national level and then also on the commercial side, being able to translate that into uh, customer success and digital evolution. 
All right, great. Well, we've talked about how healthcare really is a part of the critical infrastructure. So how does changing our mindset and beginning to look at healthcare in this way really change the future of healthcare? And again, we'll start with Greg. You know, that's a good question. And I just want to give an example here about the changing of the mindset, as as you put it, which is a good way to put it. I mentioned in the earlier question that there's a recognition that this is a shared responsibility. And an example of that is it's no secret that for a while there has been tension and disagreement between the medical device manufacturers and the, the hospital systems that buy their equipment as to Now, wait, who's really responsible for cybersecurity? Yeah, the device makers are responsible for building security into the devices in the first place. But once it's deployed into the clinical environment, how do we manage the security of those devices as it ages and patches need to be installed, et cetera? And so we have a working group that brings the medical device and health providers together to work through those issues so that there is a common understanding, as I mentioned, getting to understand each other's pain points and business models so that we truly can have a shared responsibility and a, you know, a respect for ultimately patient safety and patient care. And so when you think about patient care in a hospital setting, every hospital system has, they have risks that they have to deal with. Every board of directors or board of trustees have risks. They have enterprise risks related to financial risk, reputational risk, compliance risk, many different types of risk. And only in the past few years has the notion really evolved that, oh, you know, cybersecurity risk is part of enterprise risk. And in fact, cyber attacks and cyber threats in and of themselves exacerbate risks in other areas like operational risk and compliance risk and financial risk. Like, you know, ransomware is a serious financial risk to a hospital system. And if you don't have good cybersecurity systems in place to protect against ransomware, you have just activated your financial risk. So I think that is what's changing the future of healthcare and healthcare cybersecurity is that recognition that cyber risk is a part of enterprise risk. And, and I think that that recognition has really just really begun evolving over the past five to seven years. So we have a long way to go, but we've certainly come a long way in that period of time. Great, Greg. Thanks for those insights. Again, Kathy, we'll hand it over to you. And I want to pull on the thread that we started with about the digital revolution of healthcare that we're in right now. Imagine that you have a augmented environment in the digital OR that allows you to break down those data silos and bring imagery and patient overlays directly into the operating room. While it unlocks such a magical way of approaching surgical proficiency and personalized experiences, can you see the touch points it unlocks? It now not only has data being transferred from on-network systems, but also through wireless systems and through augmented systems. And what we're seeing is, as the sophistication of the experience comes through, we are increasing the points where access could be violated or that data is in flight, in risk, at set, in change, in all of those different places. So the one thing I would echo from what Greg said is remembering that the threats 
have additional points that can be hit and they dynamically change as we continue to push the boundaries, especially when we're looking at multimodal technologies. So it's a, it's a wonderful place to be. And as we continue to explore those new medical frontiers, ooh, cyber has to keep up. Yeah, great insights from both of you. And let's talk about what kind of cyber threats we can learn from in 2020 that might predict trends for 2021. And of course, the Verizon Data Breach Investigations Report from 2020 found that healthcare breaches increased by an alarming 70 plus percent. And once again, we'll start with Greg on this one. Yeah, that's a frightening number. Some estimates from HHS were that uh, that accounted for about 26 million personal health records exposed. I suspect we can expect a lot of the same in 2021. In fact, one of the Sector Coordinating Council's publications from January of 2019, it's called the Health Industry Cyber Security Practices, HICP, or yes, you guessed it, Hiccup is the name of the document, <laughs> Hiccup. This looked at what are the top five cybersecurity threats at that time, and that was 2018, 2019, what are the top cybersecurity threats, and here are the top 10 ways to deal with them if you're a hospital system. Those five were email threats, ransomware, loss or theft of equipment or data, insider threat, and primarily insider threat being inadvertent employee mistakes, and then finally medical devices. So I would say that all five of those hold true still. I think the one thing we saw in 2020 because of COVID and because of Operation Warp Speed for the, you know, the vaccine development acceleration project initiated by the administration is that we've always been a target, maybe not so much healthcare, but financial services and other industry sectors, a target of nation state-sponsored industrial espionage. We saw a surge of state-sponsored espionage on the vaccine process in 2020 from nation states that are either that are trying to steal vaccine data, research data, manufacturing data, distribution data for their own profit or for their nationalistic motivations. And that is a hard threat to combat. If you are even a major pharmaceutical company or medical device company, these are sophisticated nation state attacks. They have been prominently in the news. So I think ransomware is the bread and butter right now of the hacker community. It is easy money particularly for smaller to mid-sized hospital systems that don't have the controls and the protections in place. So I think we're going to continue to see ransomware, but for the foreseeable future, there's a recognition that there is a lot of wealth of data in the healthcare industry ripe for the industrial espionage. And that's just because of what COVID has done is what I mentioned at the outset. It has increased attack service because there are so many more people working from home. The BYOD, bringing your own device, all the telehealth, teleworking, all of this increases the attack service and takes out of the control of the enterprise a lot of the security because now the communications and the, and the healthcare are home-based. So 2021 is uh, going to be no walk in the park, but we're getting better and better prepared every day, I hope. Great. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate those 
Very sobering insights there. And Kathy, anything to add to that one? Yeah, absolutely. I think Greg actually hit a really important point is to remember that these threats hit all organizations. It's not just large corporations. It's everything from the mom and pop medical practice to dermatology to PT. This hits everyone, not just major health systems. So diligence has to be up and down the spectrum. Because remembering, as a patient, you have dealings with so many different healthcare providers that a risk in one area is a breach of your data privacy and security, regardless of where it comes from. If it comes from a big hospital system or from a small dermatology office. So I'm echoing the idea that vigilance is absolutely needed. And remembering, again, dynamic evolution of the threat. And who would have thought we would have been still at home after a year? and that we're still working in that remote construct. And we're seeing not just corporate workers, but we're seeing medical workers also in that. So your data is flying all over the place in a lot of different ways. Yeah, great. Well, appreciate both of your insights today. We, We covered off on a lot of stuff. And for the last question for today is, what advice can you offer to both private and public sector health systems as they look to bolster security? And again, we'll start with Greg. Yeah, I'll just springboard off of what Kathy said earlier when she was really alluding to the security of our supply chain, of our value chain. We are interconnected. We are interdependent. And it's a cliche, but we are only as strong as the weakest link. So the very high level recognition is we are not alone. It is not enough that a single enterprise is doing the right thing. If you are not involved in a community of action like the Sector Coordinating Council or the Health Information Sharing and Analysis Center, the ISAC, you are trying to go it alone. So that's number one. You need to be a part of a broader community of situational awareness and collective incident response. As an enterprise, there are some basics. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to hire somebody in charge of security. Start with that. Somebody who is accountable, who knows what they're doing. Then you have to identify your assets and the data that need protection and prioritize, risk assess those assets and data, and then bring in the tools that you need, the tools and systems that you need to protect them. Set your policy and architecture, enforce it, and train to it. And then you got to exercise against it. you got to build muscle memory, particularly for hospitals. Hospitals need to exercise downtime. When ransomware hits, you're out of data, or you can't collect payments, you can't schedule patients, you can't see their medical needs. So you've got to revert back to a paper system. You better exercise that. Downtime exercising. And I think one of the most simple ways to do this is, is to look back at the NIST cybersecurity framework a public-private partnership effort in developing cybersecurity best practices. Five simple steps. Identify, as I mentioned, identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. One, two, three, four, five. If you can count to five, you can do it. It's not that hard, but you've got to have the fundamentals in place. That's great. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate those insights. Kathy, any insights there on this one? Absolutely. And I just feel for everybody that's that's in the health sector right now, because not only are we dealing with uh, increased demands for population health management and 
different care modalities and we're actually putting up mass vaccine sites and we're extending that care community every place else. Now we're layering on another layer of security that needs to be addressed. What I would venture to say, and if it was me, I would say small baby steps. Pay attention to the things that we know how to control. Make sure we have that accountability, as Greg said. Follow those standards. And also remember, there are a thousand resources in market. The Verizon DBIR gives some great insights. And I would tell you, the Health Sector Coordinating Council is magnificent in the guidance that they're providing on a regular basis about security protocols, different fundamentals that, that folks can manage. No one's in it alone, right? It's a matter of making sure that we're all working together, we can find those right resources. And the last point I would give is, is Greg is spot on. We've seen time and time again, although we are increasingly dependent on automation and technology for care delivery, we have to have a plan B. We have to have a plan B so we know what happens when something goes awry. Excellent. Great parting words there. And this concludes the Securing American Healthcare, an essential part of National Critical Infrastructure podcast on Government Technology Insider, where Kathy Lester, Managing Partner of Business Development for Healthcare at Verizon, and Greg Garcia, Executive Director of Cybersecurity for the Health Sector Coordinating Council, discussed how the COVID-19 pandemic put a spotlight on the need for advanced security for public health and healthcare environments. 